podcast. Now, I recorded this one today with my dad, um, so I'm going to play it for you, let me know what you think about it, um, and if you've got any tips for the next one. Cheers folks. Right, first podcast, um, got a special one, I've got someone with us today to sit and have a conversation, um, he is the man with a golden tash, uh, Mr Senior Steve as he's known by my friends, it's my dad, so hello dad. Hello Thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Getting over it. Looking forward to the weekend. I was supposed to go on holiday, but uh, there's not much. There's not much holidays in my holiday time. No, tell me about it. But you'll be excited for the old farm at the weekend. Definitely. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Right. Um, so the reason we're doing this is to discuss mental health, uh, predominantly in men, which seems to be a topic that not a lot of men like to speak about. It's, it's a kind of sign of masculinity, I think a lot of people think. Males can't be emotional. Um, so what I'm wanting to do is kind of get uh, an insight into other people's opinions on it, what experiences they've had with it, um, be that personal or people in their family. So in regards to mental health, what experiences have you got with it? Um I think I've encountered it in numerous ways. I've encountered it through some of my cadets as well as in, in my family life, but often you didn't recognise it as such. You know, you just think it's a bit of a tough time that people are going through. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a hard one to, to, to look at because everybody has bad days. Now, everybody has days where they're just not feeling it, where they're a wee bit upset, where they're just a bit low. But it's when these low periods stick around for days and weeks and months and sometimes years that you kind of need to look at. So what would you then think to, like, what would be a, a, a trigger for you to think, I think this person might have mental health issues? Well, I suppose if they're normally quite a bubble personality and they come a bit withdrawn um, or they've got mm-hmm. kind of mood swings one minute they're quite happy and the next minute they're, you know, it's all your highs and lows, peaks and troughs. Uh, one of my cousins, he's he's bipolar and he goes through periods where he's he's quite low for several days and almost suicidal. And other times he's a quite a chatty individual, you know, him highly intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. See, one of the words you just used there, suicidal. Um, suicide is again, it's one of those things that people just don't want to talk about, um, which is it's it's not great because. I find that talking about stuff is, albeit hard, um, it's not easy to open up and say you're struggling, but I think it's important that we have the conversation, not only us, but as a society, about suicide, um, about the reasons why people feel suicidal. Um, I was looking, I've done a lot of reading and a lot of books and things, um, and one of the scary things that I've found um, is that the, the vast majority of suicides are men. Um, it's up to it's, it's something like seventy two percent suicides are male, yeah, that's uh, which is which is extremely high. Um, I think it's, it's something like one person every forty seconds dies due to 
uh, a mental health condition with suicide being the second highest cause of death, um, particularly in males aged 15 to 29. Um, which, that kind of age group, as you know yourself, because you've been through it, I'll be that many years ago. Um, I've just come out of that age bracket, I've just turned 30. Um, that, that That's a time where your, your body's changing, your mind's changing, you go through that, that transition of boyhood to, to manhood, if you will. So that can be a confusing time. So do you think what, what do you think that we can do to to help people in that age group? Um, but I think that the biggest problem is the kind of lack of awareness and the lack of understanding. Um, so if you think of everything else that goes on in society, it's well, well published, it's, well, it's, it's out there in the media and people talk about it, but less so mental health. Um, Mm-hmm. So there needs to be more promotion and education, I would think, and probably better funding for some of these organisations that that are specialists and provide that help. Yeah, um, I know that there's a kind of big kick on about mental health at the minute. Um, I mean, pe- me personally, I, I, I've struggled with it for a long time. Um, they say, though, that the majority of people who have mental health issues, they develop around about the age of 14. Um, and they kind of get worse as time goes on, if not treated. Um, there's, there's, there's many ways that it can be treated, but I think people should never underestimate the, the power of medical intervention. Um, getting medicated, if you will, and, and levelling out your, your serotonin can be a massive help. Um, so in regards to my mental health, um, did you at any point see and me, a change in mental health. Um, I, I didn't really until you actually expressed some of the concerns yourself, but I think by the time it probably kicked in for you, you'd, you'd actually left the parental home. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, probably from my uh, viewpoint, it was just some things you were perhaps going through that time, maybe relationship-wise, that were playing on your mind. So I probably didn't see it as any kind of mental health issue. Um, and whether mm-hmm. that's due to... I mean, I, I wouldn't think for one minute that's bad parenting. I think that's just no, no, a good not. general awareness. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 with my mental health as well, I, I didn't speak about it. Um, it's one of those things where I just I just wanted to get on with it myself and and thought it was just a bad time. Um, but after speaking to psychologists and all these people, it probably it's stemmed from earlier on. I think a lot of mine... Um, I don't know if I've ever expressed this before. A lot of my mental health issues come from the the time where I'm not name names because I, I don't I don't think it's, it's great with GDPR and stuff. But when one of the kids we had got taken away, yeah. um, they weren't taken away; they were adopted. I mean, they, they went for a better life. <clears throat> um, I always remember that day with them, you know, toddling into the car and you and Mum being outside, and I'm thinking that they were just away for a day out. Um, that I think that broke my heart, um, and I probably never got over that. No, I know. I think probably pretty much recognise that. But um, again, it's one of these things where you know you think you're doing the best thing for everyone at the time, um, and what would you again lack of experience and awareness and knowledge that you didn't really appreciate or perhaps consider how how it affects other people. Yeah. So, and I think that yeah. you know, it's one of the things that when you go to some of these fostering panel meetings and, and people talk about their, their kids that they've got and the kids that they've fostered and adopted, I don't really think there's enough time spent anywhere on the impact and effect on people's own children. No, absolutely not. 
Um, and that, that again, that's not that's not your fault. Um, I don't I don't put any of that down to you and mum. But I agree. I, I had a conversation with one of my bosses um, a few months back, who a couple of days before she passed away, unfortunately. Um, and we were talking about fostering because she knew that your mum did it. Um, and I'd said that the normal response you get when people find that out is, oh, your mum and dad must have hearts of gold. What nice people. And that's absolutely the case. Like, you and mum are fantastic people for what you do. I mean, giving people a second chance in life. Um, not everybody gets that. So you should be highly proud of yourselves because we're all proud of you and we all love you dearly. Um, but I think people never see it from the other side. Um, not that we were ever not given attention, we were never not given what we needed, anything we wanted we were given, to be honest, we were probably spoiled um, but I think no one has a sit down and says, how are you feeling about this? How is this affecting you? I mean, I remember getting sheets I don't know if you remember this, but the social work used to give us like wee A4 paper yeah. and it had like your feelings on it and the bottom bit was always three smiley faces and you were supposed to colour in if it was a, a sad face, an angry face or a happy face. I mean, there, like you say, there is no support. Um, and I think that's probably why the silver lining why. So that's probably why me and Nikki have got such a, a, a tight relationship. Um, because, not that you... It's hard. Because you, you don't want to, to, to say things and make it sound like we're having a go at our childhood, because our childhood was absolutely fucking fantastic, of course it was. Um, but you always kind of felt like, at that age, I don't feel like this now, but you always felt like you were second in line um, because these kids had more needs, uh, which isn't the case. So it's not the case, but I, as, as a youngster, you didn't understand that um, because you, your your experiences of life are, are, are coming there and then, you, you've not got anything to look back on and think, well, actually, it's not as bad. But, again, highly commended what you and mum do. It's, it's fantastic. Um, what about kids coming in then? I know we've obviously had kids, they're all younger, so it doesn't really affect them. But what would you say about the care system and mental health? Do you think there's enough support there? Uh, it's it's probably one of the most underfunded ones. Um, I think the, the challenge that we have in current society is everything's geared towards um, uh, organisations like Macmillan's where they do their, their coffee mornings and their runs because so yeah. many people um, have lost family members to, to cancer. Mm-hmm. So that I, I think most of the money that that gets raised gets raised for some of the larger charities and some of the other... Which is understandable. Yeah, we, we support one at work called Health in Mind and uh, I organise an event, well I have organised two events for this charity and, but it's an Edinburgh based charity and mm. that's primarily what they deal with so as a department you know, we, we do an away day every year and uh, normally it's not really a financial contribution, it's more doing something that they need done or it might be their surrounds or their garden or you know, or they had a secret garden in a church that they were using for people with mental health mm-hmm. problems just to go and relax and enjoyed that great door so we went and revamped and redone that but yeah they are, they are underfunded there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. i mean it's a it's a difficult one because there, there's more to mental health than just being depressed um social anxiety for example um that that was a big one for me i mean i don't know if you remember this but i remember phoning you 
about going to the football. Um, and it was the old firm game. I mean, who, as a Rangers fan, no Rangers fan wants to miss that. If you've got a ticket for that, it's like gold dust. Um, and, and then I get me wrong, we've seen some drubbins lately. But you're still, you're still always excited for it. You still always wake up with that excitement. Oh, it's old firm day. Yeah. But I remember having the phone yet and I was in tears because I just didn't think I was going to be able to do it. With all these people around you, um, when my social anxiety would have been through the roof. And there's been times where we've been to the football and my anxiety's been through the roof. So you didn't actually get to enjoy the game because you're worrying about what's going on behind you. Are they people looking at me? Are they, are they laughing at me? Is that is that comment he's made, is that aimed at me? And it's not. And you know it's not. But you, you can't tell yourself it's not. Um, I think Ibrox is it's a strange one because it's, it's as much as people say it, and people probably don't understand it, but going to Ibrox is like a family. These people are only going to have a punt at you because we're all there for the same goal. Um, and luckily you managed to talk me around because that was a game we won, mind. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the score. It was 1-0 or 2-0, I can't remember. What one was that? <clears throat> Yeah, it was that the one Tavernier scored the free kick? Tavernier, the Rodos, free kick. Aye, and, and um, Arfield scored the second. Aye. And that was a great game. But it's that's the levels uh, that it can, it can bring you to. And it's it's so quick to change. Like one day you're happy, you cannot wait to go here, and the next day, boom, you're on the floor. Yeah, and I think that's a difficulty for people that have no real experience of it or haven't experienced it themselves. They really just don't understand it because they see, they see the same people as they've always seen. Though maybe slightly behaving a wee bit differently, but they see the same mm-hmm. people they've always seen, um, and they'll make simple statements like "just, just relax, just come and enjoy the game." Do you think about anything else? Mm-hmm. But uh, they'll never understand. Like hearing you saying some of the things that you're saying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought any of that to be the case. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're, you're just there and enjoying the game. Aye, aye. I mean it's. It's different now, um, because I'm obviously, I would say I'm coming through the other side of it now, um, and I am getting better, and I'm enjoying going out. I mean, it's, it's difficult now, um, because of the whole COVID thing. Hmm. Um, people are stuck indoors, which is difficult. That's going to play havoc with people's mental health, and that's why it's so important to, to say you're struggling. Um, I think there's a lot of stigma around I mean, I know women struggle with mental health, don't get me wrong. Um, and, and God bless them, and I hope everything works out for these people. But this is mainly about males and mental health. So I know there's a stigma around, like you say, being emotional, um, with the whole man up or, or grow up here. But it's uh, it's it's not as easy as that. It really isn't. It? Um, and like you say, if you didn't know the signs, then you can't pick up on it. But Things like being withdrawn, things like not turning up places, or things like being always seeing the dark side and things, uh, being om- almost over cynical, um, no talking, no eating, wanting to be on their own, sleeping all the time. Um, these can be uh, kind of, I'm trying to think of the word, the, the alarm bells. Um, they, they should set alarm bells off because I know when I'm down. All I want to do is stay at home, and all I want to do is sleep. Um, pushing my partner away, sleeping on the couch. Um, but I think she's kind of, God bless her, she obviously had no 
um, experience with it either, and it's just kind of jumped in the deep end of me. Um, but like, I'm coming out the other end, and that's partly why I wanted to do this, is to sit down and have a conversation, because it's not very often that a son and a dad, or son and father, whatever, sit and talk about it, um, which, which, is, which is a shame, um, because it's, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's, it affects one in four people. It's, and I think the more we talk about it and the more it becomes normalised, the, well, I don't know because I'm not a doctor, but it's if it's not got a stigma attached that people will seek help rather than just sit in silence. Um, so what about grief? So say, for example, obviously you lost Grandad um, and then you lost Uncle David. How did you deal with that level of grief? Uh, there's always, I can't remember what they are, but there's stages of acceptance, you know, you go through a, a certain, um, you go through things in a systematic way, whether it be anger before you get to acceptance, and uh, you just have to go through them, there's, there's no other way, and you know that, that these kind of things are inevitable in life, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, personally, I just always remember all the good times, and I just remember, you know, I mean, I, I tend to, I tend to write about it, I maybe write a wee poem, or post something about them on Facebook or just remember all the good times that we had. And I'm saying that, they weren't all good times, far from it. But you, you, you kind of focus on the positives and the good sides because I think when you start to focus on the negatives, that, that, that's self-perpetuating and you, you just go into a downward yeah. spiral. So a lot of it is about almost like having a coping strategy and a coping mechanism, um, recognising some of the symptoms and knowing what you can do about it, you know. So, um, I don't know, it's, how does how does anyone deal with these things? I mean, they happen; they're they're, they're everyday part of life, and mm. uh, it's going to happen to us all. I mean, you'll be in that self same position as me, where you watch your mum, dad, or your other family members. Um, and a lot of it's. I mean, when, when you think of when you're young and at school, it's the only thing in life that we're not prepared for. It's death, and the only thing in life other than taxes that's inevitable. Yeah, absolutely. So. Did, did you then, obviously you say you, you, you write things, mm. um, so is that your kind of way of expressing it? Like, Did you talk about it, maybe to Gran or, or to Mum, or, or was it just the writing you did? Mainly just the writing. I mean, I don't think I spoke about it very much. There are hard mm. things to talk about, eh, because they're, they're so emotive, they're so, a lot of it's that personal as well. I mean, some people would, wouldn't even understand, because you'd say, why would you say that? They're, you're, you know, you're dad maybe wasn't the best person in life or wasn't the best to you but mm-hmm. they're still your dad do you know what I mean absolutely yeah. absolutely there's um, there's a fact that I found um, again when I was researching this that men are three times more likely to resort to drug and alcohol use so I mean obviously you're not a drug addict and you're not an alcoholic but did you find that there was a, a, a side that, your brain that said, well, maybe I'll just have a wee drink, or was, was that something that ever crossed your mind? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, as you can, I like a wee malt whiskey, I'd, and I maybe would add a couple of extra ones in the game when I was sitting, kind of thinking and reminiscing, but I've never been in a position where I, f- I felt that the solution was in the bottle and I had to drink ten times as much. Yeah. Um, and again, probably that's due to my own experiences and the amount that other people in my family had drunk, so... Um, I've always kind of stayed clear of that. Your, 
you don't always always your rational thinking when you're going through some of these things. Although you're you're always you're really sad, you know, and, and upset. I, I still think you're you're able to function. You're able to separate them. Mm-hmm. So another couple of questions, and then we'll move on to something that's a wee bit happier because I don't want this to be doom and gloom all the way through. Um, what was I going to say? What about the military then? What obviously with the the RAF and the ATC? What kind of things do they do, if anything? Have they got anything in place to to kind of help with the mental health side of it? It's certainly becoming more prominent. There's there's obviously a part of the military that, 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 that specialists who deal with that. They don't shy away from it and they don't expect airmen and officers to keep that to themselves. There, there's always counselling. There's counselling when people have been on on, on duties and, you know... Um, and active duties and all yeah. So there's, all, there's always counselling. It's, it's quite a high agenda item. Yeah, I suppose it has to be. I mean, the things that you see out there are no... Um, there are no butterflies and rainbows anyway. Yeah. Um, but on the military side of it, one thing that I have found um, very, very beneficial is, is a, a few books that I've read um, on a few guys who ex-Special Forces. Um, and they all seem to come back to this one main bullet point, which is positive attitude. Um, now, I know some people will be thinking, oh, but depression, how can you be positive? It's what these books kind of try to point out is, is you've got to continue to think positive for it to become your mindset. Um, it's like playing guitar, for example. If you continuously play the guitar, your fingers will start to get hardened. They'll start to callous. So it's all about callousing your mind. So they'll say things like, being uncomfortable is where you need to be to grow. So... You can't get better as a person if you sit in your comfort zone, um, which I found super beneficial. So I'll put myself in positions where I am uncomfortable. Um, so the more you you kind of get used to being uncomfortable, the better you become. So, for example, this podcast, I felt a bit uncomfortable doing it, but I'm going to do it because you kind of sit in your comfort zone all the time. Um, there's a guy that I've read a lot about, um, a guy called David Goggins, who is a Navy SEAL, or was a Navy SEAL. He was one of the, one of the only men to go through Hell Week three times in one year. Um, he did it with a broken ankle. He's done ranger training school. He did the air traffic stuff in the US. And he now runs ultra marathon. So the guy goes out and runs 100 miles for a marathon. Now, you're supposed to wait six months after you did that for your body to recover. He went and did six of them in, in six weeks. Um, and his, his ethos is positive mindset. Uh, take the power out of things. So be that your colour, your skin, or your sexual orientation. If you use that word, so for example, they'll use the N-word for a person of colour, or they'll use the F-word for someone who's homosexual. If you use that word, get in there and use that first. You take all the power out of that word. So you're kind of taking the power back. But they talk about proper, like positivity, continuing to be in a positive mindset. Have you ever had any any dealings with that like military? Is that ever? Well, positive mental attitude is always one that's talked about, and um, it's part of training. Um, 
And you, you always have got to have a great belief in yourself and whatever mission is that you, you're trying to accomplish. Because if you if you go in a negative mindset, then you you start from a losing position, and it's hard to to, to achieve your your goal. So, yeah, um, I think people a lot of people are just naturally positive, and and but I think people like us, like Scottish people in particular, are naturally negative. So mm. it's a kind of trait that that's, that the forces try and re- reinforce. Mm-hmm. Um, being positive, which and it has to work then because if you if you're saying and I've found that as well that Scottish people tend to be naturally negative, um, the reinforcement of it has to work because the majority of people in the special forces are Scottish. Yeah, there seems to be someone in us that that were, were warriors. Um, I think so. I, mean, so I, can, I can remember as a child like doing things like uh, when I say a child, I probably mean about fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I can't always remember if it was quite cold outside, like I would take my jacket off, you know, and tell mm-hmm. myself that that's all in the mind. Um and and you, you tended not to feel cold or, or as cold as you were, so it, it does work. That's one thing that I've always I've always carry with me, that that coldness is a mindset, because I very seldomly get cold now. Um it takes a lot for me to be cold. I'm the same walkabout in any temperature without a jacket on. Um, and that's because I remember you telling us that that cold's mindset. Because I remember building snowmen with you when we were younger, and you only had shorts and t-shirt on. I mean, that's that's no normal. But what is normal? Yeah, but you've got to. There's a there's always a difference between positive mental attitude and stupidity. You know, you still got to, <laughs> still got to take care of yourself. You know, so you maybe go out there for half an hour and do that. But uh, you know, you wouldn't be do, you wouldn't be doing that all day. I mean, like, all these things like traumatic injuries and. The, the, the whole society has changed in the way that people are trained, in the way that they're conditioned, and the way that they think, and the way that they're treated. Um, and that's progressed um, exponentially over the last 30, 40 years. Well, not even that, over the last 10, 15 years. And do you think then that that's why, and I, I hesitate to say it because it will annoy some people, but do you think then that's why we have a generation of what they call snowflakes? Um, well, I, I think that's terminology that's used by older people who don't understand the the, the current generation, you know, mm-hmm. where they would have always done things slightly differently and uh, everybody else has got an easy life, so when you make a complaint about someone trivial, you know, it's not yeah. something they would have done, so maybe that is part of the reason societal changes, they would, they would behave, the things that we have you know. Right, I mean, our creature comforts are definitely a hell of a lot better than they were um, 30, 40 years ago anyway but, um Coming off the topic of mental health, um, one thing that we do share, I think we've got in common, is our love for the Glasgow Rangers. Um, big weekend this weekend, old firm, first one of the season. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, it's a strange one. I think um, there's a danger of complacency, thinking that you know because they've got two or three players out, that it's going to be an easier, easier challenge. But when you look at some of the players that are out, some of them didn't feature in the full team, and they've got a, a squad of about forty or fifty. Yeah. So I think I would like to see us play the way we do in Europe, away from home in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, there's a good chance of that because Celtic are not a team who'll sit back. They'll not defend deep. They will come at you. They'll open up. They'll be in your face. And I think that we tend to play better when teams do that. Like we can get when we can get out wide and we can get the ball up rather than being forced into that kind of box just past the halfway line where the teams are sitting deep behind us. 
and it's probably like you say, bordering on complacency. But I'm going to go three 0 Rangers, really, which is extreme. But I'm going to go there, and I'll, make, I'll I'll get nice and drunk after that if we do. Um, we've got Kamarnik Livingston. Are you having for that? Uh, oh, probably a one 0 draw. Uh, Livingston look all right. Uh, I, I think it was. I think I, I watched a game about two weeks ago, and I'm sure it was Livingston Dundee United. And uh, Dundee United. Oh, they slapped them, did they not? Well, Dun- I'm it? sure it was that game. Dundee United went up. They got a penalty and went up one 0 and it was with their only shot on goal. And just before that penalty, there was a, there was a bad foul on a Livingston player, and, and he's lying on the ground outside the box, and the referee gave the penalty, and he just completely ignored it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Con- I know it was Dundee United, but I, I'm not sure of it. Hundred percent sure it was Livingston, but I think it was. So you're having one all draw for that. Aye. Hamilton St. Johnson. Who are you having for that? Um, I think you might see a surprise there. I wouldn't know Hamilton. Mm, would it be Would it be too bad shout? Because St. Johnson, their managers left, didn't they? I didn't, right. I didn't know that. It's a shame because when they played us, they looked fairly recent, and when they played Celtic, I mean, they were they were now now until about the the ninetieth minute or something. You know, they lost two very uh, many goals. Yeah, so I think I scored a lot in the last ten minutes of their games, which is fair enough. It's a ninety-minute game, eh? Um, Ross County Hibs. Um, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a draw for that as well. I think Ross County are they're a, they're a strange team. I mean, I know that, that we just bet them two 0 and it was a hard watch. But equally, when they played Celtic, and I think they got beat maybe two or three 0 but they hit the woodwork three times. Aye. Uh, so yeah, I think that'll team. be another draw. Yeah, I don't know. I think Hibs are, are look good this year. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Hibs. Dundee United, Aberdeen. That's uh, an Aberdeen one for me all day. Right. I think Dundee United, I think they, they are, they've fallen for the hype. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're as good as I think they are. No, so they've got Aber- one or two good players, but that's about it. Uh, Aberdeen for me, and the final one is St. Mirren Motherwell. Uh, I get that's that. I, I didn't want to sit and say draw no on them because uh, St. Mirren's <laughs> another strange team because they sometimes at home they play really well and hard to beat. But mm-hmm. in theory, you, you would imagine it'd be one or two now. Motherwell, I mean, St. Mirren are not really scoring at the moment. No, um, I'm not sure, but I would go Motherwell, but Motherwell had a torrid start to the season. Um, they weren't playing well at all. They always sort themselves out. Be nice to see. Uh, I mean, what did what was the play did they play last week? Um, well, their last game was against us because they had the COVID thing. Um, no, we slapped them. Strange one. No. We slapped them five one. So you think they might come back for that and see how it goes? But Aberdeen drew. Aberdeen beat Ross County. Celtic obviously beat Hebs. Kilmarnock beat. St. Martin. Livingston beat St. Johnston and Hamilton Dundee was 1-0 which was a shocker but um, right so that's effectively it thanks very much for talking to me um, no worries it's been a quick half an hour like. yeah. um, but we'll see we'll, we'll get you on again we'll get your predictions for the football and whatnot. cool um, but thanks for talking to me I appreciate that you're more than welcome right. thanks very much right, see you later bye bye bye